What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you on a Saturday late afternoon here on the West Coast as the Los Angeles Clippers have a couple days off and boy are they needed before a couple of games here coming up and they're games that frankly the Clippers need to start winning. New Orleans is the game on Sunday at 12 o'clock. And by the time you're listening to this, it's possible that game will have already happened. But the stuff we're going to talk about on this podcast, frankly, is going to be very relevant for a couple of days. And after that New Orleans game on Sunday, it's a back-to-back with Houston on Monday and then at Houston on Wednesday. So it's a very interesting three games coming up with New Orleans. You're going to have possibly Zion, possibly Herb Jones, no Brandon Ingram, But the big topic is Kawhi Leonard, and there's been some talk on Twitter amongst Clippers fans and the media about Kawhi, and I thought, who better to bring on than someone that is very firm in his conviction, and he will go and dig and dig and dig and just make sure that you are on his side about a certain topic when he believes it. He's my friend. He's a phenomenal man. At Young NBA on Twitter, you read him at Forbes. He's looking for a full-time job still, frankly, in writing, and he does such mm-hmm. a damn good job that if you are listening and you work in media, <laughs> hire this man, Shane Young, back on the Ethos Clippers podcast. What's up, Shane? I appreciate you, Brandon. I'm doing good. I don't know about uh, phenomenal, uh, like you said, but I'll take it. Listen, um, man. But yeah, man. Just been trying to grind out some stories, uh, but I've been I've been good. You do a great job when it comes to analysis, video breakdowns. It's it's second to none. I really enjoy watching, reading what you do. And this Kawhi stuff, you've been tweeting about a lot recently. And it, I got to tell you, it's given me flashbacks to the uh, all the people that thought anybody besides Jokic could win MVP, where you would tweet every <laughs> single day being like, you guys are idiots if you think anyone besides Jokic is going to win MVP. It's giving I me those vibes. The funniest thing, well, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think about it in, in terms of that, but I did say, like, this was two years ago, like, not last year, whenever Embiid had a good year, but the year mm-hmm. before when Steph was second place. Um, people started trying to make a, a case for that. I said, if you don't put Jokic number one, you need to be required to write 1,000 words explaining why. And and Warriors Twitter just made a mockery of it, man. It was it was nuts. It's funny because you you did the same thing last year with the Suns, where if anybody talked oh, any God. sort of crap about the Suns, you just made fun of them left and right, saying you guys are idiots if you think anyone besides the Suns are going to win the NBA title then they go and get destroyed against the Mavericks and just make you look like a fool yeah (laughs) luckily like any anytime that happens and it's a like superhuman effort such as like Luka or LeBron or whatever the case is then you know you can kind of swallow it easier because it's like my god it took that to defeat whoever it is right and frankly we still don't know the story about what happened with that Suns team and yeah they look good right now yeah who may or may not be playing with covid um during that series against dallas and we have no idea what happened but the reason why i bring up those two topics is because you have been going to town on twitter saying 
the Clippers doctors know what they're doing. Kawhi Leonard is coming back from surgery. You people on Twitter, you guys are not doctors. You don't know what you're saying. This is all about making sure he's healthy come April. Kawhi's going to be mm-hmm. fine. The Clippers are going to be fine. And I got to tell you, Shane, I'm a fan of the Clippers, and I have been since the early 2000s. And you can't say it's going to be fine. You can't, Shane, because we have been through too damn much where it's supposed to be fine, and this is supposed to be our year, and things are supposed to go well, and it blows up in the Clippers' face. Let me bring up Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, the playoff injuries between the two of them, Kawhi Leonard, and his playoff injury. Thank you very much, Joe Ingles. We're still recovering from that, apparently. And Paul George getting hurt. Paul George getting COVID on the day of an elimination game in the play-in last year. Things don't go the Clippers' way, okay? So, let's talk. Because the Clippers win their first two games. Things are all right in Clippers' world, you know? The, The depth is good. PG was great in that game against Sacramento. He went for 40. Then... A bad loss against Phoenix, which Phoenix, which I frankly thought was a schedule loss anyways. It was a back-to-back against a very good Phoenix team, like you mentioned. But then they went to Oklahoma City. And I thought OKC was going to be the time where the Clippers were going to win a couple games on the road against a team yeah. that is going to tank. Shea Gilgis-Alexander went from doubtful all of a sudden to playing. And the Clippers were five-and-a-half-point favorites the first day, seven-and-a-half-point favorites the next day when PG returned. They lost both games. And during all this, Kawhi Leonard traveled to OKC and then traveled back to L.A. because of soreness in his knee. You are Mm -hmm. not worried. I'm going to give you the floor first to tell me why you're not worried, and then I'll come back and I'll give you my explanation. So you go first. Yeah, Brennan, I think uh, for me, you know – it all comes down to context and hearing what is, is told to us. So Ty Lue, before the first Thunder game is when everyone started freaking out. That's kind of when it started. Um, because as you said, Kawhi was on the trip. And then Ty Lue said before the game that he's going to fly back to L.A. So he's going to miss the second game of that trip. So um, and, and, and go rehab out there because he had some stiffness in his knee. So when you hear that, of course, fan the fan base is going just completely crazy, thinking, oh, he's just never going to be healthy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I think people overreacted to the he's flying back to L.A. and uh, m- maybe took that as like he just he's just like hurt right now. And that if you if you listen to what Tyloo said, because the video Clippers PR gave us the video of what he said pregame, and it was very simply and clearly just Ty, and he, Ty was laughing during it, kind of chuckling how Ty does when he's given answers that <laughs> to questions he don't want to answer. Um, he was talking about how it's totally precautionary, and the stiffness is to be expected from someone coming back from the ACL surgery. Uh, you know, Kawhi has played what four games total, including preseason uh, since that. I mean, it, this is to ex- be expected. Jamal Murray. Uh, was sitting out a couple games as well. Um, and, and he missed all of last year and got hurt before Kawhi got hurt. He got hurt two or three months before Kawhi got hurt. So he's on the sim- a similar trajectory here. Um, and he's on the same path. I think um, when you hear what Ty said, and, and he said one important thing before that first Oklahoma City game, so not the second one, the first one, um, he said, 
Kawhi can be mad at us all he wants. He wanted to play, but we're being extra cautious. And when I heard that, I'm like, okay, in what world is Kawhi himself, Kawhi Leonard himself, going to want to play, put himself in jeopardy if it was even that bad, to play on October 25th in Oklahoma City against a team that's just not good um, and was supposed to be resting Shea Gilders Alexander. So the fact that, and you know, I'm just going to take Ty at face value. I'm, I'm going to believe him. The fact that Kawhi was wanting to play and they just said, no, we're just going to set you out and be precautionary. So I think this, you know, injury, if you want to say that, I don't, I don't think Kawhi's hurt. I think that, you know, he just, he was, he was completely honest pregame and said, yeah, it's a little stiff in my knee. You know, uh, doesn't feel a hundred percent like it did against the Lakers or or the, the Suns. Like he looked really good in those games. Was moving extremely well. Um, but I think the knee stiffness and soreness is something you can expect in the first month or two coming back at full force. So I guess that's you know my way of saying I'm just not concerned if Kawhi himself was wanting to play. If I put a meter out there, one to ten, level of concern of Kawhi Leonard right now, where would you be? Two and a half. Wow. That's really low. Okay. So, uh, but, but it's not zero. Right. I, you know, I, I, I am, I am, uh, what's the, I'm empathetic towards like fans that mm-hmm. are, you know, wanting to just throw it all away and say like, Oh my God, blow it up. Like I understand that this is not the best case scenario. You you thought he was going to be only missing back to backs and and maybe a, a scheduled rest here and there. I I am going up to two and a half instead of zero because I think yeah until we see him back at full force and only missing one or two games every fourteen days instead of <laughs> the the pace that we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be a little bit of concern. But I think anything more than that, man, just just in my opinion, um, I'm happy to, to discuss it. But just in my opinion, anything more than that is is being too reactionary right now. OK, so I'm at about a six and a half, seven. So <laughs> you, you can put me in the reactionary column um, because you were ta- you were talking about how this seems like it's the plan and that coming off of knee surgery, this is somewhat normal I don't know. I don't know. From what we've seen with ACLs and guys coming back, the medicine I feel like is a lot better now. However, that being said, it does seem like there's a lot more caution now with players than there ever has been with sitting of back-to-backs. I do not remember that being a thing even four or five years ago. I don't remember that really being prominent amongst players coming back from injury. But that is certainly a thing now. Um, I mean, you even look even at Miles Turner, for example. He's going to be trade bait for Indiana, but he's yeah. coming back from injury, and he's not playing today after going berserk yesterday and getting mm-hmm. like 27 points and five blocks. So he's clearly fine, uh, but Indiana's going to exercise caution. Uh, there's got to be something out there where teams are being told if you play back-to-back days, you're more likely to re-injure whatever – was hurting you. So there, there's something out there now about the wear and tear, which is interesting because part of me thinks you're better off playing and playing 20 minutes even on back-to-back nights so you can get that, whatever that knee, say it's a knee, get that knee mm-hmm. going 
so that you're in good shape and it's being used as opposed to sparingly being used. I mean, who knows what the medicine is now, but I digress. Going back, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I completely get that perspective and I'm not a doctor, obviously, like, I think that could be the case, but excuse me, I think uh, what we're also not uh, no, we're, what we're also forgetting is like he is, uh, in theory, putting that knee to the test every day, and mm-hmm. whether it's his rehab and, and practice. I know it's not game scenarios, and you'll hear professional athletes say all the time that it's impossible to replicate game reps. But I think that practice and and especially Kawhi's rehab, which is just if you hear Pat Bev talk about his rehab, it's almost like a game situation. Um, I think that he can get he can get as close to game reps as pot as anyone can in the league so i think he is testing the knee every day he is working on it every single day when he flew back to la that's what you know that's what he's doing is, is testing it out and working on uh, with the trainers and, and and the staff so i think that it's not just him sitting on the couch and i'm not saying you're saying that i'm just saying in theory like it's just not it's not him just resting um i think that he is trying to see what how he can get where it's completely pain-free. Yeah, I mean, they're constantly rehabbing injuries. I mean, when you're yeah. when you're coming back from an injury, you're trying to play, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do that, you're stretching. There's a lot of medicine now, and, and what they do is incredible. So I mentioned I'm at a six and a half, seven. That would go down to about a three or four if he plays on Monday. Um, it's a back-to-back mm-hmm. that's coming up. Ty Lue um, talked earlier today, and he said he didn't know whether Kawhi was going to play tomorrow. That's nonsense. Um, it, he, he knows <laughs> yeah. if Kawhi is playing. It, I'm so tired the, of it, man. I'm so... It, what, what, since Kawhi got to the Clippers, the amount of secrecy that has come out of that organization is just yeah. ludicrous, in my opinion. Whether it's the point guard battle, whether it's lineups not being announced till the last second, you look at... Well, I, I think I think the uh, the initial ACL, ACL tear uh, yeah. in Utah was the worst of ever of all of it. It was the worst. I mean, we were going series to series wondering if he was coming back and he had a torn ACL. Yeah. And then even last year, I mean, you and I were talking at the beginning of last year and I said to you, well, he's got his new contract so I could see him coming back if they get to the playoffs. And you said, I, I don't think that's going to happen. It doesn't make much sense. But I understand where you're coming from and that it, it could it could happen. And Kawhi said himself, if they would have made it to the NBA Finals, he would have come back. Now, <laughs> Who knows if that's true? Because I, when I've had Justin Wilson on the podcast recently, he said to me, you know what? It really seems like he was just cleared for five on five before the preseason started. And so this is basically his preseason and he's starting to ramp up. So it, it who knows what, what's coming out of that organization and what's true and what's not true. It's, it's a lot, of, a lot yeah. of stuff being hidden. Now, and that's the way Kawhi likes it. And listening, they're doing whatever possible to make sure Kawhi is ha- happy, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, and whether that is, I mean, beneficial to you in the long run, that's another story. Now, here's my thing. Knee soreness, I can understand coming back from an injury, and then you're going back and playing, and you get general soreness. I understand that. <clears throat> now, sitting back-to-back games against OKC... And then if he sits in that game against New Orleans, that's three straight. Now, that's not great. That's not a good thing. That tells me that there's some sort of injury going on because soreness is very different than an injury. You can play through soreness, Shane, and especially Mm -hmm. if it's, hey, let's not think this guy's playing 40 minutes per night. 
I mean, first of all, that's another story that Kawhi all of it there. That's the other thing that was secret. Kawhi coming off the bench. I mean, you have a guy that's the best, one of the best players in the NBA when healthy. First of all, he's coming off the bench. Second of all, he's not coming in until halfway through the second quarter. And then he's playing the third quarter and then uh, some of the fourth quarter as well. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and so it doesn't make sense. If it's general soreness, he should be back on the court in that game against New Orleans tomorrow. That, to me, is what would make the most sense. Now, do they want to give him an extra day and a half to rehab and then play him in that game against Houston? Possible. But if he doesn't play in that game against Houston, Shane, I, I think that seven of my six and a half seven goes up to an eight. Because yeah, I'll, I'll say this. If he misses both the Pelicans and Rockets games on Sunday and Monday, I'm at a six and a half. Okay. <laughs> but, like, I think he's playing one of these two. And it's it's actually unfortunate that – uh that this timeline has has now gotten to like it's now we're coming up on another back to back so uh, of course he's going to miss one of these two he's not playing both like we know that for 100% certainty um so let's just say he's out tomorrow the fan base is going to go just just crazy um with re- with reactions and 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 jump into conclusions um but that might be just the plan is to play against Houston and not New Orleans but you know i I, I'm curious about their uh, their philosophy on that stuff. Like, the Pelicans are are one of the best teams in the West, yeah. a lot better than Houston. Do you play Kawhi against the Rockets to try to get more of a sure win? Although nothing is sure in the NBA. I love the Rockets' young core. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma City just whooped them twice on the road, obviously. Um, so nothing is sure. But do you go against the worst team or come back against the the better competition? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that was my thought too. And then here's another thing, Shane. So he plays in that game. Let's say he plays in that game against Houston on the 31st. So then they keep him at home for the two games where they're at Houston and at San Antonio. And then I think you have to take him. You have to take him to the road and have him try to play one of those or both of those games. You have to, you have to take him. Yeah, because sure. those are games on the second and the fourth. So it's not even a back-to-back. Yeah. Because then you go right back into the situation, Shane. If he doesn't yeah. play in those games at Houston and San Antonio, you might you come right back to another back-to-back on Sunday the 6th and Monday <laughs> the 7th against Utah and Cleveland, where, again, it's two teams that <laughs> one's better than the other. Do you play them in that first game or do you play them in that next game? So I think we're going to learn a lot more about Kawhi's injury or lack thereof in the next two days. I think, I mean, I'm glad we're having this conversation now because I was curious where you were in terms of if he did miss the next couple games, where you would be at in terms of the panic. And here's the thing. I'm not a patient guy, Shane. I'm not a patient (laughs) guy. The Clippers went and they traded away Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They traded away a ton of draft picks to get essentially Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So far, we've gotten a Western Conference Finals for the first time in history when Kawhi got hurt and PG did all he could. Then we ended up getting bounced in the play-in tournament when PG got COVID and Kawhi didn't even play that year. Here we are again where Kawhi is still not 100% healthy and PG has looked like garbage so far through the first five games. And so I'm not a patient guy and you're, you're mortgaging... You're giving away Shea Gilders-Alexander and mortgaging the future for two guys that are supposed to give you wins right now. And it's not that I expect to win a title right now. I mean, I would love to win a title right now, 
My issue, Shane, is, and this is when I um, when I retweeted you briefly, is that I said, I think I understand where Clippers fans are coming from because I try to kind of be on the border of someone that I'm not media, but someone that kind of understands what's going on and is not a crazy fanatic versus someone mm-hmm. who's been a fan for a while. I understand. I, I'm trying to toe the line there, but I understand why Clippers fans are upset right now because they're going and they're hoping to see Kawhi Leonard. He didn't play last year. He got hurt the year before. You gave away a fan fan favorite in Shea Gilders Alexander. It's getting to the point where it's like, enough already. Like, let's see these guys on the floor. And the media is getting exhausted too over it, but they're the media. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it's difficult, Shane, because I'm trying to find that line where I can show some patience and be like, you know what? It's an 82 game season. Everyone's got to relax. We're only in October versus, hey, this is going to be something very serious. I can see how the fans are getting upset and frustrated because it kind of reminds me of uh, what Bill Simmons said on his podcast with, uh, I believe it was Zach Lowe before the season. They were going through every team, and yeah. Zach said, um, we haven't even mentioned the Clippers. It's like, do you, do you believe in them being a contender? And Bill Simmons said, can I just see it first? Yeah. Like, Can we finally see it? Uh, all these hypotheticals, all these, if we were healthy, all these, you know, um, Paul George and Kawhi are 37 and 13 when they play together stats. Like, can you just see them play together? And <clears throat> I think uh, my the premise of my tweet when I said, you know, do folks just not understand that he's come back from ACL reconstruction and the doctors know a lot more than us? I think that was, a you know, for me, that was a response to all, all the just the egregious responses that you're seeing, like, oh, they're cooked already. Like people thought that they were going to be contender. Like it's, it's late October. And for me, if if the team doctors are doing this, because obviously Kawhi wants to play um, that, that signs, that signals to me that they're okay with starting off a little bit slow. Now, I think you see what they did against the Lakers, which was not a good offensive game, but a really good defensive performance. Um, and against the Kings in Sacramento, when Peachy had his only good game of the year, they looked pretty good um, in certain stretches. In certain stretches, you could see that 2019 or 2020 team uh, or 2021 team, sorry, uh, in flashes in both of those games, whether it's the spacing, whether the shooting, uh, whatever it was, PG being confident and in control in that Kings game. Uh I think as long as it's like Thanksgiving and then that's kind of when everyone is is on a regular plan. John Wall's not on a restriction. Uh, Reggie Jackson's not going through a groin injury. Marcus Morris, who is going to be back with the team now, is not out because of a death in the family. Uh, you, you know, there, there's just been a lot more other than the Kawhi stuff that we, we haven't even talked about, obviously, because it's because we're been focused on Kawhi's situation. But I think I'm just I'm willing to give them a lot more time than what the national media and what a lot of Clippers fans are giving them. I I just think it's okay if they start. I'm just throwing out a a record here, 12 and 10, like because I think they can. This is a team that can string together the win streaks to get them into the, you know, whatever it is, the 50 50 win range. I'm just not concerned until it's a lengthy absence. And it's not just precautionary, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. And um, Eric Hitoshi, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, had a good tweet yesterday 
um, about the Clippers. Um, I'm trying to pull it up about what their record was in the Kawhi PG era to start and what that has meant. So here we go. Um, in 1920, they started seven and five, then went 13 and two. In 2021, mm-hmm. they started six and four, then went 10 and one. In 21-22, they started one and four, then went eight and one. So the Clippers certainly have turned it on um, in the Kawhi PG era. So we are going to see whether that happens here. And I think you did a nice job transitioning to the Clippers and what the rest of the team has looked like with Kawhi being out. And you mentioned Marcus Morris, who, by the way, started the season really well. So to miss him for that OKC trip, that was really harsh to be missing him because you needed some sort of instant offense. And the Clippers did not have him in either of those two games. So it'd be great to have him back against New Orleans. You mentioned Reggie Jackson going through an injury. He has not looked like the guy that it's Mr. June and that we have seen in the playoffs. Those two are really big pieces to what the Clippers do. And it's really screwed up the rotation, Shane. Nobody knows what their role is. You need to have Kawhi back also for that because you need to have Kawhi in the starting lineup eventually so that guys know what their role is. I mean, at least have an idea. What does Norm Powell need to be doing on a night-to-night basis? What about Luke Kennard? John Wall, who's been absolutely spectacular and has exceeded expectations so far. How many minutes is he going to play? Is he going to be the starter? What? How does he look next to Kawhi and PG? Is it better to have him next to them too, or is it better to have Reggie Jackson? I mean, the only real constant so far on this team has been, I, I would say, Zoo. And, yeah. and, and what he's giving to this team night to night, both offensively and defensively and rebounding the basketball. And so there's so much changing night to night. It's not fair for this team to be judged when the some of its parts aren't there. But you have to say exactly. that with a parenthesis, Shane. You have to say that with a parenthesis that say, will it ever get to that point where the sum of the parts are all there and healthy? Oh, yeah. And, and I will totally be on board with this formula cannot work in the uh, it cannot work for a championship team if it is to the the Thanksgiving mark or something around there and yeah. they are uh, X amount of games in and it's just not looking like people are, are getting healthy at the same time. Um, obviously, the thing you worry about is when Kawhi is fully back and when John Wall is off of restriction, which I think he's capped at 25 minutes. Um, I don't think he's played more than that, honestly. Uh you just hope to God that that PG doesn't have something or zoo, you know, zoo's right. always healthy, but you know, it, it just seems like uh, they need perfect timing on their side and, and still it's late October. So we'll see, but um, you brought up a good point and I, and I will say the rotation needs to be, it, it needs to be set. And Ty Lu, man, the, the amount of just the amount of stress he has to be going through when trying to figure that out, that out and having side conversations with guys about their role changing could you imagine, like, like if I was, I'm just gonna say, if I was Terrence Mann, uh, this would be a very, very maddening season for me. Yep. Um, I, I'm not even talking about so far. So far, of course, because he's had games where he started, games where he hasn't even played a lot. But throughout the whole year, man, it's gonna be team man. We need you to play 25 to 30 minutes tonight. Okay, team man, maybe just five minutes at the end of the game. Uh, it, it would be very maddening for for me if I was Terrence Mann. I think. Uh, he's the one that's up in the air. The guy that I think has like set his stone in, in the rotation is Luke Kennard. I don't mm-hmm. think he has anything to worry about from now on because 
Tyloo loves the shooting and Tyloo loves the the short roll screening that he does. And, and I, I think Luke Kennard works really well with Kawhi and PG in lineups where you have two dynamic, big, strong wings and then a shooter on the on the weak side. So uh, I think Luke is fine. But yeah, guys like Terrence, even Covington, who just spot minutes here and there, you know, it, it, it feels weird. It, it feels weird that Rocco is one of the most impactful defenders on the team and has the fastest hands on the team. And, and he sometimes just breaks, barely breaks 15 minutes. Frankly, I think Robert Covington's too good to be a guy that is yeah. so sporadically used. And it's interesting you bring up Terrence Mann because in the first game, he played six minutes. And then mm-hmm. in a game against OKC, the first one, he played 26. So it's really difficult. I mean, these guys know coming in, though, that their team is so deep. I mean, look at Lamir Coffee. He didn't play in the first game of the season, and he played 26 minutes in that first game against OKC. Yeah. I mean, these guys know coming in that – there are going to be nights where you just don't play because this team is too yeah. deep. And this is where the conversation comes up where you and I talked about Luke Kennard. And I said, you know what? I could see him being dealt because, frankly, he's got a good contract. He's a great three-point shooter. I know that. But I don't know where he fits in the eight players that you're going to see in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, and he's now changed his game where now he's attacking the hoop. He's a better defender where you can see where he fits in the eight-man, nine-man rotation in a playoff series. So he certainly has elevated himself to the point where he's now a couple years past his injuries. And he's a guy that's saying, here, coach, look at me. I'm ready to contribute. So I I can see where he fits. But you have so many guys named Batum, Covington, Wall, Mann, Kennard, all guys. It doesn't help that your third best scorer, um, Norm Powell, has been a tire fire for 95% 95% of the minutes he's played. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe that's a little bit too harsh, but it, it hasn't been great. And hopefully you can see him try, try to snap out of those struggles against that last, uh, or against the Thunder in that last game. But I think for, for him, he's the most important player in this stretch right now, because if Kawhi's out, what did you and I talk about? Like they can afford to win. They can afford to lose Kawhi for a week or so mm-hmm. if, if it comes to that, because they have Norm Powell to come in and, and be dynamite score, but that has not worked out so far. <laughs> so no. we'll, we'll see if that, uh, if that turns again, very early. I feel like I'm, I'm saying that over and over. It's very early. We could be looking back on this team. As you said, uh, when you pointed out Eric's tweet, like we could be looking back in a couple of weeks and say like, man, this was so foolish to even talk about Yeah, because they look so good offensively or defensively. Uh, I think their offense will come around. To me, I'm curious how you feel about this. The fact that they are almost last or dead last in offensive rating in the half court and still have looked competitive and won games early early on in last week, I think it's a better sign that way versus the defense being behind. The defense is actually top seven, top ten in the half court. Um, or actually, it might, it might have creeped down to league average after last game, but um, the fact that their defense doesn't look awful, it's their offense, I'm more encouraged by that because I know that will correct itself. Yeah, I mean, when you bring back PG, Kawhi, and uh, Norm Powell that knows what he's doing, and then Marcus Morris back in the picture, your offense is going to improve. And I, I truly think that having the scoring be on just Norm Powell in that OKC double was not fair. It's just not something that you could do. I mean, Paul George was under the weather. No Marcus Morris, I think, was a really big issue 
in that two, in those two games against Oklahoma City. If you have Marcus Morris, I think it's very possible those games don't turn out the way they did um, because he just a, a, he provides so yeah. much. Whether it's his great three point shooting or his ability to get a jumper from eighteen and get it on his <clears> own, he just brings so much to the table. And I know there's talk about how maybe Batum should start over him. Morris is a guy that maybe he's not worthy of his contract. I really like him, and I've liked him ever since he was on New York because he's just a guy that can go out and score 40, and there's not that many guys in the league that are like that, and missing him was certainly a blow, and for Norm Powell, we've seen how good he can be. He was great on Portland. He was great last year when he was added to this group. It's just very difficult for him when PG has sucked, Reggie Jackson has played hurt, Wall is brand new to the picture. Morris has missed two games. Kawhi has now missed a couple of games. It's just too difficult with guys coming in and out. It's like you're playing five on five and you're the only constant in the starting lineup and you're having four new guys come in. I mean, you have Zoo too. So three new guys coming in and things are changing. And it's too difficult to try and develop chemistry because chemistry is important in this league. Dude, it reminds me of my intramural intramural basketball squad where – back in high school where we would have like four guys on the team that played baseball and it would intertwine with the baseball season. So during the our baseball trip, we wouldn't have those guys. So we would ask random people to come play with us. Like that's what it reminds me of. And it's just like, it, it's a good point. It, it's hard to build any habits. And, and I think Justin Russo wrote about this earlier today, like from all accounts, like PG, uh, John Wall, Reggie, they're all saying at practice and, and, you know, after games that, they understand that. They're not oblivious to it. I think there's a key difference here. I think the 2019-20 squad, uh, the first squad with Kawhi PG, they were oblivious to it. They didn't think they needed to build the habits. I think this team knows they do, but it's out of their control. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's funny because I texted Justin Wilson. Um, I think it was after the first OKC loss. And I said, this team really feels like they are entitled to this NBA title in that they're just going to sleepwalk their way to the NBA title and they don't need to go through the ups and downs and they don't need to do what it takes and that they're kind of just going to be given it. And he's like, I don't really see it that way. But then it, it, a better way to phrase it, and because I didn't really phrase it correctly, is that they aren't putting forth the effort it takes on a night-to-night basis. And they even said it with the practice and what it takes to practice. And they're just not going through the habits that are necessary to develop on a night-to-night basis to get where you are. And they admitted that. And yeah. I think that's a problem where you have not won anything, Shane. Shane, you haven't won anything. Yeah, You got to the Western Conference Finals once and you're acting as if you deserve to be that favorite to win the NBA title. Mm-hmm. But that's for everybody you, else to think. you got to make it so that you yeah. earn your way to that spot. Do you think there's something to be said about, and, and what, do you think there, what do you think it is to be said about, the fact that they they do look good when they play? Like, like for example, when it, they were the only game that night after the Bucks and Sixers on opening night against the Lakers. And they led the Lakers by 18 points, you know, one time, I, I believe. Um, you know, Phoenix game, that wasn't a national TV game, but it was a, a, a Suns team that's really good right now, and, and they're clicking. Um, but they, they made a rally, and they came back, and they, they you know, cut it single digits. Like, they didn't look great that night, but, like, they competed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for me, I, I think that I'm, I'm more, like, okay with the early season, early season struggles because they kind of, like, blow off these teams that, 
that aren't good and you can't do that in the regular season you exactly can't, you can't do that you, you haven't you earned that right that, but you haven't earned that right i think yeah I, I think in terms of building a regular season resume and getting seating you cannot do that i fully agree yeah uh but if we're talking about a team's title aspirations and how they're going to look in april may and june right now like i'm more concerned with how they look against the pelicans if they had everyone obviously uh was it tomorrow against uh the suns again when they play them at full strength and no minutes restrictions um against the you know the mavericks like, like teams that are that they're going to be seen I, I think they i think historically pg and Kawhi, their teams the clippers on, on the clippers i think their clipper teams have showed up in in all the national tv games and all the big games they play well it seems to be the games that are on uh in oklahoma city and charlotte and uh, in Detroit that they just kind of just throw away. And that's got to be a habit that's corrected. Yeah, that's a problem. You just, you yeah. haven't, you, you haven't done enough to deserve to do that. You just haven't. And I mean, you look at Golden State, for example, and Golden State, and of course I say this as they're losing to Charlotte, but I mean, they could easily come back and destroy them. Golden State goes out and they destroy the Lakers they just they beat Sacramento by five, which isn't much, and they beat Miami by thirteen. Their only losses have been at Phoenix and versus Denver, two good teams. So so far they've taken care of business when they need to. It, it's just one of those things where it feels like the Clippers just don't have everyone there, and, and they just don't know what they're doing. And frankly, I can't imagine Ty Lue how frustrated he must be with guys in and out of the lineup. No Kawhi, yeah. no Marcus Morris. I mean, you have no PG on a certain night because he's sick. It's so difficult to try and get your team going and try and establish some sort of rhythm when you don't have guys in the lineup consistently night to night. It's really difficult. So I want to break out the panic meter again. We broke it out for Kawhi. For the Clippers as a team, where are you in a panic level of where the Clippers are as a team right now? Mm. One to ten. What, can, I, can I ask for some context in terms of like, do you want me to go by based on where I projected them at 57 wins, number one overall? Hmm. Like, because if that's the case, I'm at a seven. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, because I don't, because now looking, you know, we're only five games in or whatever. Like, I don't necessarily see that right now. So basically what you're I saying, that, I didn't know. Right. So what yeah, you're saying is the one seat is out like, the picture. I don't even because because I'm I feel like I'm a I'm going against my own beliefs by by saying that because I do not believe in overreactions in October but right. it ju- you just observe the way other teams are playing like the Suns the Pelicans like teams and the Grizzlies the Grizzlies have all the continuity in the world and and they're always healthy it seems like now um, and even when they're not they win games I, I don't think the Clippers can have a better record than the Suns or the Grizzlies. I will say that. So I, I don't think they're going to be the one seed now. Uh, so I think that I'm going to be wrong on that. But in terms of being a title, a title contender, t- top uh, top tier title contender, I'm not concerned at all. I, I still think they will be that. I, I just don't think they're going to be the, the number one or two seed. Okay. I think that's fair. I, I think that yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I think I said that they would be a two seed winning 54 games at the start of the season. I think yeah. they're probably a little bit closer to a fifty and thirty-two now. Um, yeah, than they, than I, yeah. They were I think I think that's where they'll finish. You know, you hate to say that five games in, but I think that fifty is where they'll finish. Well, it just doesn't seem like they're taking the regular season seriously, and, yeah. and I mean that could easily switch. Like, I mean, once guys get healthy, but I just don't think, based on what we're seeing from Kawhi, 
it seems like it's going to be a little while until we see him in the starting lineup playing actual minutes. Uh, so I, I, that that's where my concern is because we went into the season thinking Kawhi was going to start. He was going to play 20, 30 minutes a night. He was going to be a guy that was going to be relied upon. We knew he was going to sit back-to-backs. The projections that everybody was saying, he was going to play 55 to 60 games. Um, I'm not sure he even gets to 55 at this point uh, with how many oh, games no. he's sitting. I, it, it's, it's hard to even tell because yeah. you, you have no idea. I mean, he was he was supposed to play the first Thunder game, and that's, that's kind of what uh, – that's kind of what threw me off. Like I will, that's the one thing I will say about it. That's frustrating for me is someone that covers the team. Someone that's been around the team a lot. It's like the fact that you can go into a, uh, a game day at three o'clock or four o'clock expecting that this is going to be the lineup. Kawhi is going to play and you can kind of anticipate matchups. And then he's rolled out like at pregame that that's the stuff that they need to stop. Right. Because the funny thing is, and it's not really that funny is that, I think in that pregame press conference, Ty Lue said, yeah, he's flown back to OKC. It's like, oh, so you, I mean, he's flown back to LA. So you knew he was gone. Yeah. Like there was a 10 a.m. injury report, I believe, that he was <laughs> still listed as possibly, as he was going to play. So, and then all of a sudden it changed. It's that, that's what's really frustrating for sure. So I, I tend to agree with you, by the way. I think that my projection is going to drop from 54 to 50 now for them as a team. Um, but I reserve the right to change my opinion in three games. Yeah. I, I really think these next two games, Shane, are massive in determining where the Clippers are going to be and where Kawhi Leonard is going to be. Because if he does yeah. not play and, in either of these two games, I think there's cause for concern. Yeah, I'll agree with that. If he doesn't play in either of the two, uh, there will be cause for concern. And um, I, I think whenever he was rolled out for that second Thunder game, the last one they played, uh, when a lot of the, that's when a lot more of the national talking heads started going off on yeah. debate shows and everything like that about how he misses all these games and he's a pro at missing games they said uh, and then you obviously have the Clippers fan base just on you know in DefCon one I think uh, it, it flashed me back to a like April or March game during that conference finals year against the Orlando Magic the, the who was the worst team in the league at that point. Uh, and the Clippers dropped that game in embarrassing fashion at home. And the following day, dude, there was just constant ridicule about how this team is unserious, which I hate that word now. But that's what the, that's what people say. Um, they're not contenders. How could you even consider them? They don't take it seriously. They drop games like this to the Thunders and the Magics of the world at home. And then guess what happened four weeks later? They're in the conference finals. They're they're you know they're looking amazing. So I think I I just really would love society sports society in general to get rid unless you're in the NFL, which every game does matter at that point. But basketball Twitter society, like please just stop making overarching declarations on what the season's going to be like because they drop a game or two in a row. You know that that's kind of where I'm coming from. So you're telling me that my draft pick of Paul George and fantasy basketball is not a bust yet? Is that what you're I'm telling, telling me? I'm telling you, yeah, he's, uh, dude. I could, I, I would never pick, I would never pick Kawhi or Paul in, in fantasy. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I, I can't do it. I, I would never because you, have, you never know yeah. with PG. Like he's either scared to shoot the ball a lot or uh, he's what's out going on there. An injury. You've watched him for a long time, and you're you're from that area. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've watched a lot of Pacers games over the years and you've done some good deep dives on Paul George. What's going on there? I mean, have you seen, do you, have you remembered a time like this where 
Paul George has been this passive where now he's at 12 shots or less in three of his four games. Um, Sacramento all of a sudden yeah. decided to put up 31 and all of a, they won because he put up 40 points. And then all of a sudden we see a four for 12, a four for 11 and a four for 12. Like what, what's going on there? What are you seeing? Yeah. I've never, I don't think I've seen him this passive, to, especially the start of the season. It seems like he always starts really strong. Like last year, last year it was a really strong start. Um, probably the best start he's had of, of any year of his career last year. I think a lot of, some of it is the defenses he's facing with, without Kawhi there. Like he faces a lot tougher defensive coverages. Like uh, guys aren't so deep into a drop. I mean, he, I think he still needs to be more aggressive pulling up, even if he has a little bit of space for him to to a fault. He's too unselfish at times. And I think that's what you're seeing here. He's never had a team this deep, dude. Like never has Paul George had a team this deep. The Thunder team, you know, everyone wants to point to the 2018-19 year that he had where he finished third in MVP and ask why you can't get that PG back. I think it's because Billy Donovan was saying, like, look, man, we, we don't have any other choice. It's you or Russ taking the ball down the court and doing something. I mean, you know, they, they just didn't have a choice, especially they lost Eladipo and, and Demonis Sabonis in that deal to get PG there. They had no, was it Jeremy Grant or Carmelo as the, as the next best option? Like, I think that's when you saw him unleashed. So I don't think PG has that mentality to go out and just go Kobe, despite that being his favorite player growing up. And I would argue he needs to find a balance where he does that more often, yeah. not saying every night. Not saying every quarter, but for, for a third quarter, why can't we get 10 to 12 shots? You know, like, or not 10 to 12, but why can't we get like eight straight possessions of him just attacking full yeah. force? It seems like he, he does it twice, then he takes five or six off. Does twice, it just seems like he's not very consistent with it, but I, I think he'll correct that. I think it's a couple of big games coming up for Paul George as well, because I, I, I think he'll yeah. be healthy for these two games. He's got a couple days off getting those IVs or whatever in him, um, getting taken care of. I think two days are huge when you you and I have both been sick recently. We know, you know, you take a couple mm-hmm. days and all of a sudden you feel better. So we'll see how he does in this back-to-back. And I'm assuming he's going to play both games the back-to-back. But assuming anything with this team, you're you're, you're making an ass out of, <laughs> out of you and me. So who really knows what's going to happen? Shane, this has been a blast. I've enjoyed having you yeah. on. I'm glad we were able to uh, have this therapy session and try and figure out what the hell is going on with the Clippers and what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. It's always fun having you on at Young NBA on Twitter. You can read him on Forbes. Great Twitter follow. You may get some Phoenix Sun stuff in there because Shane loves himself some Phoenix Suns. <laughs> You're actually going to get a uh, a Portland Trailblazers piece in about an hour from now, so you'll you'll hear it or you'll see it whenever this drops. Hey, good for them. Listen, I love Chauncey Billups, so I, I'm glad that he's doing well there. And he's had the short end of the stick with Lillard getting hurt last year, and now Lillard getting mm-hmm. hurt again. And the fact that he's been able to pull it together and get some wins, I'm happy for Chauncey. So I'll be looking forward to that. Uh, make sure, folks, you take go and read Shane and follow me on Twitter at BD Marcus at Ethos Clippers on Twitter. Remember. If you don't have a fantasy pass, I don't know what you're waiting for. And right now, there is a buy one month, get one month free on anything at Sports Ethos. That is a subscription. So go and check that out right now. All right, that'll do it. The Clippers have two games coming up. It'll be a back-to-back. We'll be back after those two games. Hopefully, if not, it'll be the game afterwards. We'll be back with another podcast. For Shane, 
I'm Brandon Shane. Thanks, man. I appreciate this. Thanks for having me on, man, on this uh, Saturday afternoon evening for me. And uh, yeah, man, hey, I, I, I reserve the right to demand to back on this podcast if they uh, if they drop like the next three in a row. Yeah, the, I, I want to come back on and reevaluate my panic meter. Okay, sounds like a plan. The panic meter is out, and we will reevaluate the panic meter in two games when we find out what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. He's Shane. I'm Brandon. Until next time, go Clips.